Good morning. Welcome to Coastal Community Church. I'm Pastor Chris. Hey, uh, they made, they asked me to make an announcement, and that is um, there are some people kind of looking for places to sit. If, if there's chairs in between you or other people, um, get get show some love. We're talking this love can, love can, right? Love can scoot, love can scoot. So scoot in a little bit, make some room on the on the edges for people as they come in. And actually, nobody is sitting on the front row with me. Nobody. There's like if you need a spot to sit, man. You come sit on the front row. That's where the best best seats are at. So, uh, hey, I want to take care of one thing real quick. Um, hold on. Hold on a second. Come on, here we go. Okay, I need a selfie. Everybody, uh, hold on, flipping it around. Okay, everybody kind of like go crazy. Woo! Woo! Okay, you got to go crazier than that. Goodness, here we go. One, two, three, go. Go crazy. One, two, three. Woo! Okay, very good. Got my selfie. You'll see that later. Hey, uh, welcome. Welcome to Coastal Community Church. We're glad to have you with us today. Um, today is our, uh, our 25th Easter. Uh, as we woke up this morning, Jan and I were you know, talking about that. Wow, we've done this uh, you know, 25 times. And uh, next Sunday, as Scott said, we're going to celebrate our 25th anniversary. The first Sunday of our church was actually uh, April 15th. And um, it was, uh, we met downtown at the old exchange building. And uh, it's been 25 years. And so next Sunday, one big service here for everybody. And then we're going to party and eat uh, uh, in another big tent in the back and have great music. We're going to have a DJ, dance floor. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun together next Sunday. So seriously, even if you're a guest with us today, we invite you to come back and celebrate with us next Sunday. We would love, 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 love to have you here next week. Now, I need to, I need to say something about Scott this morning. Everybody turn around and look at Scott. He's way back there in the back. We've, we've been planning that, that Beatles song, All You Need Is Love, like, um, you know, for a while now we're going to do that. That's a great song to, you know, kick off this Love Can series. And so it's come up in staff meeting a lot, and every single time it comes up without fail, and I'm not joking, every single time it comes up, all you need is love. Scott does this. Wah, 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 wah. He does that like every, so I kept waiting on him to do that during the service. But I think he's in mourning from the Kentucky game last night. So uh, you knew it was coming. You knew it was coming. Uh, but anyway, hey, happy Easter. Everybody does just look so uh, pretty today and handsome and colorful. And I really appreciate it because I got to stare at you uh, for the next little bit. So, uh, But it really is today so far. It's like a beautiful pastel palette has exploded on our campus or thrown up, depending on your perspective. But uh, in fact, raise your hand this morning um, if you bought if, or received a new outfit for Easter. Anybody? Anybody wanting to? You're no, you're, uh, come on, somebody's not wanting to admit it because you're like, okay, well, but I'm mean, seriously, from top to bottom, everybody's looking beautiful. So turn to the person next to you, in fact, and say, wow, you look great. Go ahead and do that right now. You look great. Now, okay, simmer down. A little too much enthusiasm there. Now, obviously, if you're married, you should only be saying that to your spouse or family or friends, maybe. Now, if you're single, all the single people here this morning, if fireworks just went off, you're welcome, and uh, we can we can talk later. Um, now, let, let me begin this morning, seriously, by, uh, by setting the minds of our guests at ease. Um, if you are here today under duress, um, if you lost a bet, um, if, 
If you finally gave in and decided that you would get your friend off of your back and come to church with them, you know, maybe you're here today and you're not even sure about the whole God, Bible, Jesus thing. Let me tell you something today. Guess what? You have come to the right church. Um, we are glad that you are here. This is your day, and in many ways, this is your church. I'm serious about that. Um, this is a safe place, and it always has been, for you to figure things out. Um, I believe that God's love is big enough, big enough for your questions, uh, even your doubts uh, are welcome here. You are welcome here. In fact, you know what? Jesus did not come for religious people. Did you know that? In fact, he could care less about religion, and neither can we. He only cared about people having a personal relationship with God. One day, the Pharisees and the religious leaders in his day actually were upset with Jesus, which was a, a pretty common thing, uh, because they said he was spending too much time with the sinners and irreligious people. I'd like to be in, in that crowd. Um, but this is how Jesus responded. He said, who needs a doctor, the healthy or the sick? I'm here inviting outsiders. I like that. I'm here inviting outsiders, not insiders. An invitation to a changed life, changed from the inside out. Easter, in many ways, guys, is God's invitation to have just that, a changed life. And just like Jesus, our church actually exists for the outsider. Now, let me see this morning if I can uh, help us all find a little bit of, of common ground. Um, our world today is in a mess. Would you agree with that? I mean, it is. We are in a mess today. I, I think you'd agree with me on that one. I don't think you need from me a long list of statistics to, to prove that. In fact, just open your computer, turn on your television. You will find uh, and see racism, violence, rioting, hatred, terrorism, and all that's just down at Citadel Mall, okay? Um, and, at least it feels that way, doesn't it? I mean, it really does today in our, in our world. So what is the answer? You know, what are we going to do about it? Well, I happen to think that it's time that we admit that the same old solutions to our problems that we keep dragging out and arguing over and wasting time over are not working, have not worked, and are never going to work. Guys, listen, it is simply not uh, an economic solution. I mean, we've thrown enough money at the problem, and yet the divide between the haves and the have-nots just keeps getting bigger. You know, it's also not an educational problem. We, we have more access to more information today than we have had in the history of the world. I don't think it's a legal solution. You know, when are we going to learn that, you know, more laws and more laws on the books, you know, are not going to change people's hearts? You know, it's not a political solution either. I don't know about you, but all, all I think we seem to do is change the guard every few years, and yet we are more polarized today than ever before. By the way, I also don't believe that the solution is religion. You know, the truth is religion has been part of the problem for far too long. Now, this is going to sound simple, but these are not the solutions 
Because ultimately, these are not the problems. You know, the problem is not economic, educational, political, legal, or religious. You ready for this? The problem is right here. The problem is in our hearts. And so as simplistic as this sounds, the answer, the answer is, it's love. You know, guys at Coastal, we really do believe that love can save. Love can heal. Love can redeem. Love can forgive. Love can restore. Love can sustain. And love really can change the world. One life at a time. I love how 1 Corinthians 14 begins. It says, follow the way of love. Another translation says, pursue love. And the message is paraphrased this way. Go after a life of love as if your life depended on it because it does. Now why? Why in the world of all the things that God could have said, hey, here's what you ought to pursue. This, is, this ought to be your life's aim. Go after this. Why in the world does he say love? Well, today, Easter Sunday, 2015, I want us to look at that. As we kick off this series, and as we've been saying, open up a big old can of love on Charleston. You know, Paul just got finished explaining why we should make love our greatest aim in the earlier chapter, chapter 13. And I want you to notice in the first few verses really quickly why he says love is so important. First of all, he says this. He says, without love, all that I say is ineffective. If you're taking notes, that's the first blank. All that I say is ineffective without love. He says, if I could speak any language in heaven or on earth, but did not love people, did not love others, I'd only be making a meaningless noise like a loud gong or a, or a clanging cymbal. He's saying, listen, without love, words are just meaningless. They're empty. Then he says, without love, number two, all that I know is incomplete. All that I know is in, incomplete. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I knew all the mysteries of the future, then listen to this. If I knew everything about everything, but I didn't love others, what good would that be? He says, you could be a genius. You could know it all. But if you don't love people, it really doesn't matter. Without love, all I say is ineffective. All, without love, all that I know is incomplete. Number three, uh, without love, all that I believe is insufficient. He says, if I had the gift of faith, if I could speak to a mountain and make it move, but without love, I'd be no good to anybody. He's saying, it doesn't matter what you believe. It doesn't matter what church you attend. Um, if you don't love people, it doesn't count. Number four, if I don't have love, all that I give is insignificant. Without love, all that I give is insignificant. He says, if I gave how much? What's the word? What's it say there on the screen? If I gave everything, everything I have to the poor, but if I didn't love people, I'd be of no value whatsoever. He's saying that it's possible that you could give everything that you have and still not love. Why? Why is that? Well, because you could give for wrong reasons. You could give for wrong motives. And just because you give doesn't mean you give out of love. And if you don't, he says, it really doesn't count. Number five, he says, without love, all that I accomplish is inadequate. Without love, all that I accomplish is inadequate. Listen to this. If I even sacrificed my body, <clears throat> if I could boast about it, but I didn't love others, 
I'd be of no value whatsoever. That's amazing, isn't it? He says you could die, you could actually die a martyr's death, but if you don't love people, it's a wasted effort. Now look back at that list. Let's summarize this. God is saying, I can have the eloquence of an orator. I can have the knowledge of a genius. I can have the faith of a miracle worker. I can have the generosity of a philanthropist. I can even have the dedication of a martyr. But if I don't love people, it doesn't matter. All I give, all I say, all I do, all I know, all I believe, it is all worthless. It all doesn't matter without love. That is why this this subject, this purpose, this life's goal is so important because life without love equals what? What's the answer? Zero. Say that with me. Life without love equals what? Zero. Zero. Now, now that we know the why, how do we do that? I mean, how do you pursue that life of love? Well, first of all, I think we need to kind of define the terms a little bit. You know, a lot of people use this word. It's amazing how often we use the word, but nobody really can define it. We'll say things like, you know, I love Clemson, right? I love, I love Carolina. Yay, woo. I love my wife. I love cheese. <laughs> um, I love God. I love steak. I love the walking dead. Man, was that a... Was that not a crazy finale or what? I'm, I'm still freaked out. Anyway, um, but I mean, don't you see what I'm saying? We just kind of throw this word around a lot, and we talk about how it's the most important thing, and we ought to pursue it, and yet I'm not really sure that we can define it. Um, years ago, uh, I was preaching another relationship series. Now, we just got finished a, a really great relationship series called Happily Ever After. If you're in a relationship... If you're trying to work through a relationship, you ought to download our app and, um, and listen to that series. Good stuff. Um, but this was a, a while back, years and years and years ago, and I decided for this series, I'm just going to look up the definition of love uh, in an encyclopedia, okay? Now, not Wikipedia. Um, for those younger than me, it's called an encyclopedia, okay? <laughs> Ask your grandparents about what those were, okay? But... I got out a particular encyclopedia, and I looked up the word love, and interestingly enough, there was really no article on it. Instead, this is what it said, love, see emotion, and see sex. I mean, literally, that's what it said. So, you know, I looked up the word emotion. There's this long article, and the word love is used like one time, but there's really no definition. Now, I didn't feel too bad about that because listen to this. Write this down. Love is not an emotion. Okay, it's not. Love is not an emotion. Now, it affects emotions. Wow, oh boy, does it affect emotions, right? I mean, it might create emotions, cause emotions, but ultimately, it's not an emotion. So, I decided to look up sex. Very interesting articles. Lots of pictures, okay? Um, three, I was reading it for the articles. Anyway, but, um, but no mention of love. Not once, no mention of love, but that's okay too. Write this down. Love is not sex either. In other words, sure, there is a physical aspect to love, but love's not sex. Now, but that's what we've come to believe about love today in our culture, right? Love is sex. Love is an emotion. Well, what, is, what does God have to say about it? 1 John 4, 7 and 8. Listen to this. Dear friends, 
Let us love one another, for love comes from God. Okay, right there. Where does love come from? Love comes from God. Not Hollywood, not your parents, not your spouse, not your boyfriend or girlfriend. Love comes from God. But then he goes on to say this. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because, get ready for it, here it is, God is what? Love. Love is a person. And he has a name. And his name is Jesus. And you see this, this love, this love of Christ, explained and expanded on all throughout Scripture. Probably, in fact, one of the most famous uh, explanations of it or descriptions of it, even if you've never been to church before, by the way, is found in this same chapter, 1 Corinthians 13. Um, you probably all heard it uh, at a wedding. That we typically call this the love chapter, if you're ever at a wedding. Uh, verses 4 through 7, listen to this. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It's not proud or rude or self-seeking. Love is not easily angered, and it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but it rejoices in the truth. And listen to this. Love always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. Love never fails. Okay, I got a question for you. If this is love, what kind of lover are you? Now, I'll be honest with you. You know, um, if this is what love really is, I'm not a good lover from many times. I'm not. But I want you to notice a couple of things here about love. First of all, number one, love is an action. It is an action. It is not something that you just feel. It, it's not something you just say. It's got to be something you do. Notice all the action steps here. These are all things you do. Love doesn't just talk. It acts. You know, it's like the husband uh, who says to his wife, Oh, honey, I would die for you. And the wife says, You know what? You're always saying that, but you never do it. Um, <laughs> you know, but, but seriously, love really is. Um, it is an action, okay? Now, love is also a choice. Number two, love is a choice. Don't, don't miss this. In other words, you choose to love. You choose not to love. You see, there's this myth that is going around today that love is just something that is uncontrollable. It's like, well, you know, I just fell in love. Like you just fell in a ditch, right, you know? <laughs> And, and, and yet the same people who say that years later are the ones who say, I, help, I've fallen and I can't get up, you know. Uh, but it's your choice. Of course you can help it. In fact, listen to this. Acting in a loving way when you don't feel like it, that's actually a greater expression of love. You know, love is those moments when you get up in the middle of the night with your child, with your toddler, when they're sick, and it's the last thing in the world you feel like doing. You know, love is you being patient with your spouse when they're acting like a jerkwad. You know, love is, is when you give somebody what they need, not what they deserve. Love is when you forgive in spite of the pain. That's love. Love is an action. Love is a choice. And thirdly, love never fails. It never ends. 
It never ends. Look at verses 7 and 8. Love never gives up, never loses faith. It's always hopeful, endures through every circumstance. Love will last forever. That's really the theme of next week's service. Love perseveres. As we celebrate 25 years together, love perseveres. Now, the fact is, though, you know, every other aim in life, every other purpose in life, it, it won't last. I mean, you say, woo, I live for fun. Okay, that's great. How long does fun last? You know, I live for money. How long is your money going to last? I live for sex. How long does sex last? Okay, that's a bad question. Anyway, um, <laughs> no, seriously, you know what, though? I could show you some broken lives who will tell you just how long that lasts. But I mean, fill in the blank. It doesn't matter. I live for pleasure. I live for security, for the approvals of, of others, you know, power, on and on and on. Every other life aim, every other purpose that you might choose to base your life on, nothing is going to last forever except for one thing, love. Verse 13, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is what? What does he say? Is Love. Now, why? Why is love greater than faith? I mean, we're a people of faith. Why is it greater than hope? Well, you know what? There's only going to be one thing in heaven, one thing that's going to last for all eternity, and it's love. We're not going to need faith, you know, in heaven. The Bible says, man, we're going to see God for who he really is. You know, everything will become a reality. We're not going to need hope in heaven. Everything we've ever hoped for is going to be there. But heaven, listen, is going to be full of love. That's what it is, 100% love. Because, it, I mean, it's going to be a love extravaganza. Why? Because who is there? God. And God is love, and in his presence, we will feel love. The only thing that's going to last, the only principle that will take you from this life on into eternity and last forever and still keep going is love. In John 13, Jesus said this, a new commandment I give you. By the way, he says it's a commandment, right? That means not a suggestion, okay? For those of us who follow Jesus, this is not a suggestion. This is a command. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. All men will know that you are my disciples if you have what? If you love one another. Now, what does he say? How? Look at this verse. How are we to love? This is revolutionary. Jesus says, love one another as what? As I have loved you. So our example, our model is Jesus, and we are to love one another the way he loves us. Now, I don't know about you, but I'll just go ahead and say it, and I'll be honest. I can't do that. I mean, left to myself, I can't love people the way Jesus did, and you can't either. That's right. You're exactly right. That's why. Here's the key. That's why we need Jesus in our life, because only he can love us, can, can he, only he can love through you. We can't do that on our own. Our love runs out. Our love gets tired. That's why, God's, that's why we need God's power in our life. That's why we need what we celebrate today, the resurrection power of God. Because left to ourselves, God knows that I have a love that says, you have a love left to yourself that says, I'll love you if. I'll love you when. If you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. I mean, we all know how this works. Now, this morning, I want you to put your, uh, your cynical hat on just for a moment. 
Donald Trump, billionaire, weird hair, old dude, right? Now, again, if we're going to be all, if we're all going to be really cynical today, and we had to speculate, I just want you to answer this out loud. You would guess that his wives, his girlfriends, have all married him for his what? Money. Money. Right. Okay, we're being a little cynical. Now, um, let, let's, let's give you another name. Um, Tom Cruise coming out with another uh, Mission Impossible movie, I think, this summer. Supposedly, you know, one of the most handsome guys in, in the world. You know, I think he's a little short for my taste, you know. Have you seen this guy live? I mean, he's like a, he's like a dwarf. I mean, he's really short. But anyway, you know, nonetheless, the ladies seem to like him. But if we're all going to be cynical today, and, uh, and if we were to guess why it is that his wives have married him, they have married him for his what? Okay, money, good looks. We could come up with a few things. Okay, sure. Now, again, if, we're gonna, if you're going to be cynical, you would say that Janet married me for my... Okay. <laughs> Okay. My weird hair. Okay. You know, I'll be honest with you. I was hoping you'd come up with something because, like, in the first service, it was like crickets chirping. It was like they're going, hmm, let me see. And, like, somebody said something. I was like, yeah, that sounds like a cute puppy dog. But anyway, okay. But, but okay, come on. You, you know the lo- kind of love that we're talking about here. It, it is, okay, what's in it for me? And Jesus came on the scene and he says, listen, a new command I give you, a new kind of love. Now, how does this work? I want to read this next passage of scripture right after verses 7 and 8, verses 9 and 10. And man, this is powerful. This is why we are here. This is what we're celebrating today, Easter Sunday. Listen to this. God showed how much he loved us by sending his only son into the world that we might have eternal life through him. That's why we're here. That's That's what this is all about. He came as a sacrifice for our sin. Our sin put him on the cross. Death and sin could not contain him. He rose from the dead on Easter Sunday, and he is alive. It was witnessed by hundreds of people. It was recorded in human history, and it turned the world upside down. God says, this is real love. Listen to this. It's not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And he sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sin. Not that we love God. God says my love is not the kind of love that says I'll love you if or I'll love you when. It's not that we love God. It's that he loves you. Get this, you ready? Just as you are. You do not have to clean yourself up before you come home to God. You don't have to dress yourself up and pretend you're not, you're something that you're not. God knows who you are. He made you. He knows the struggle that you're going through. He knows what you did last week, last year, last night, and he still loves you just as you are. He says, here's the proof. I will send my son, my one and only son, as a sacrifice for your sin. Now, don't get hung up on that word. Let me tell you a little secret about the person sitting next to you, okay? Turn to the person next to you, size them up a little bit. You know what you're looking at right now? You are looking at one messed up person, okay? (laughs) You are. 
In fact, say that right now. You are messed up. You are messed up. Now, you're a little too enthusiastic about that one. Okay. But, but here's the good news. You ready for this? God loves you and them just as you are. Now, there, there's a word for the state of being messed up, of your being messed up. Here it is. It's just sin. Okay? All that really means is that God is holy, he is perfect, and you are not. In other words, we are messed up on the inside. Right here. You see, that is the problem. That's the root of the problem. It's your heart. And there is only one, one person who can transform your life and give you a new heart and make you clean from the inside out. And his name is Jesus. It's in him, in fact, that you begin to realize just how loved you are by God, how, how changed you are, just as you are. And then you know what it does? Again, it changes you from the inside out, and it gives you a capacity, a new capacity to love others. But here's the catch. You've got to let him in. You've got to admit to him that you are messed up. You've got to admit your need for a Savior. And you've got to come home. Listen, your spouse can't do that for you. Church attendance doesn't do that for you. I don't care if you were baptized as an infant. I don't care your, your grandparents or ministers in the Methodist church back in wherever. It's you. You personally have to come home to God. And you personally have to have to let Christ in. You have to admit that you're messed up. you got to tell him you believe. Listen, Easter proves that God loves you. It, he, it proves that he is waiting on you to love him back. And listen, some of you think, you know, the, the, the distance between you and God is too far for you to ever overcome. Do you realize he is right there with you? He has never left you. He's just waiting on you to turn around and step toward him. And he's there with arms outstretched wide, waiting on you to come home. You can do that today. What are you waiting on? Why not do it today, Easter Sunday, 2015? In just a moment, I want to step you through a prayer to express that in your heart to God. But let me close by saying this. I'm, I'm excited about this series today and that we are beginning here at Coastal, Love Can. Because I really believe that ultimately people are attracted to the church that loves. You know what? People are attracted to Jesus. They were all throughout the Bible, and they are today. People are not argued into the kingdom. They're loved by God. And the more our coastal family here loves people, the greater our church will become. You know, you've heard the old saying, out in the world, people don't care how much we know until they know how much we what? Care. You know, we've been saying for this series that uh, we're going to open up a big old can of love on Charleston. So coastal, here's my question. 
What are we going to do? I mean, because love is an action, right? Love is a choice. So what are we going to do? Well, the truth is, the answer is, is kind of a, a long answer because we do a lot of loving things here. And if you're a part of Coastal, you know that. But I want to share a couple of new things that God has laid on our heart. And honestly, I hope you'll join us. You know, we've been kind of making a joke around here at Coastal that um, how many babies are on the way? I mean, like right now, no joke. We have like between, and I keep losing count, like 15 and 20 pregnant women here at Coastal. I mean, if you drank the lemonade, spit it out now because, you know, I mean, it's something. I don't know what it is. Well, I know what it is, but somebody said, Chris, you're preaching too much on love. That's what it is. And um, so we, maybe it's just that children and babies, all that's on our heart. But um, something that God has been stirring in, in my heart and in the hearts of um, several churches here in Charleston is, you know, we've got a... Um, We've got a foster child problem in Charleston County. Uh, there, is a, there is an orphan problem here. And I think love can make a difference. You know, do, do you realize that in Charleston County alone, there are over 400 uh, foster care children? And do you know that there are less than 100 families for those kids? So what happens to the rest of them? They end up in the what? The system. That's right. Thank you. The system. Guys, that's not good enough. I think love can make a difference. We've had several meetings with uh, uh, Seacoast and some other churches around here saying, you know what? There's hundreds of churches in Charleston. We ought to be able to make a difference. And I'm not saying that Coastal is going to you know, foster 300-something children. But I bet we could foster one, somebody. I bet, I bet God's laid that on somebody's heart in our church. And I bet for those that aren't going to foster, I bet they'd be willing to uh, support or help. I bet God's laid on somebody's heart in our church to adopt. But I bet God could lay it on many people's hearts here in our church and many other churches, by the way, that we're partnering with just to be a support, to help, you know, to make some meals, to help with clothing, to help with supplies, to help with a night away, to know that they're not all alone and that they're not in the system, that they're in a family. And so sometime in May, and I wish I could give you the exact dates, but we're in the process of working this out right now. But on the back of your Connect card, by the way, there is a box that if you're interested in and the love can help a child interest meeting. That's all it's going to be, an interest meeting, probably sometime in May, probably a Saturday morning. Uh, just check that box. We'll kind of keep a little database, and we'll invite you to come. This morning after the first service, I had a family come up to me and said, Pastor Chris, just this week we talked about the possibility of becoming foster parents. I don't think that was by, by accident. Also, another thing that we're going to do that's a little bit different, but we've been talking about Camp Windshape for our elementary school kids. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but we're very involved with loving on um, Oakland Elementary School. We've been doing that since we've been here in our, on our campus. And um, Camp Windshape is a camp for elementary school kids from June the 29th to, to July the 3rd. And uh, it's, it's uh, being organized by a bunch of churches uh, in Charleston. We're one of those churches. It's going to be held at um, 
uh, Charleston Baptist. Um, but uh, we're going to offer a scholarship to any child at Oakland Elementary School that's in need that'd like to go to camp because we believe that uh, we could help change a child's, if we change a child's life, we could change the trajectory of their life and maybe an entire generation and more for years to come. So this is a couple of things we're, we're wanting to do because we believe that love is what? It's an action. It is a choice, and it never ends. It's my prayer that our church will be known not as the church that has rock and music, although we really do, don't we? We have great music. I pray that our church ultimately is not known as the church that's got a funny pastor or or has uh, a great buildings, although we're going to be building one, by the way, right over there. We got our building permit, in fact, this week. And uh, next Easter, we'll be in that new building. Here's my prayer. I pray that our community will say, you know what? That's the church where they love people. That's the church where they don't know any better but to love you just the way you are. That's the kind of church that pleases God. That's the kind of church that makes a difference in this world. They will know that we are followers of Jesus by our what? Love. So I want to challenge you to join me in a love movement. Man, let's love Charleston to Jesus. Let's reach out to people and change this world one life at a time. Maybe the most loving thing you could do this week is to bring a friend to come with you next week. And we're going to talk about how Love never fails. Love perseveres. What I want to do right now is I want to pray. And I believe that there's maybe, um, maybe a man or a woman or a student that's here today that's ready to come home. That's ready to admit to God that you are messed up. Want to turn, turn your back on your rebellion. Turn your back on even religion and turn toward God. And come home to him believing that Jesus is his son, that what we're celebrating today is real, and you put your trust in him and him alone. You can do that right now. Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you. All we really do need is, is truly love. And I pray today that we would be known as a church that loves people and points people to Jesus, the only one who can change. God, I believe that there are people here today, throughout the day, who need you. Maybe who have, have wandered away, have rebelled, have pushed you out of their life. But maybe today, they're ready to come home. Maybe today, it just made sense, just how great your love truly is. And it's so much better than anything this world has to offer. Listen, there really is no such thing as a sinner's prayer in the Bible. It's just a matter of expressing your heart to God because that's what matters and that's what he can see. So just pour out your heart in a prayer to God right now, something like this. Dear Heavenly Father, today, thank you. Thank you for loving me just as I am. Father, today I want to come home. Today I, I turn my back away from where I was headed, what I was doing, and I turned towards you. Thank you for being right there, welcoming me with open arms. 
I turn towards your love. I believe that Jesus is your son. You sent him to die for my sin. I am messed up, and you sent him just for me. I believe he went to a cross. I believe he was laid in a tomb. And on Easter Sunday, he rose from the dead to prove his power over sin and death. And now one day, because I trust in him, I too will rise again. And I will be with you forever in heaven for all eternity. And here and now in the meantime, God, I just want to follow Jesus. Give me a greater capacity to love the people around me as I realize just how great your love is for me. Father, we love you. We pray this today in the beautiful name of Jesus. Amen.